0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 82 of the Deep Ball Gridiron Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Palo, joined, of course, by my co-host, Corey Lickman and Core. Week 17 of the 22 NFL season will go down as one of the scariest weeks ever. Of course, referring to the DeMar Hamlin situation on Monday Night Football with the Bills and the Bengals. I mean, you can't start recapping the week. and can't look forward to week 18 without talking about this, so... I mean, let's just get right into it with that game. I mean, like I said, it was a good week of football. And thankfully, so the DeMar Hamlin situation has looks a lot better than it did on Monday night. But, I mean, you talk about some of the scariest things that you've ever watched in professional sports. I mean, that is definitely up there.
1: I'd say it's got to be, at least when I've been alive, at least what I remember, I'd have to say it's got to be number one. I mean – like, there's never really been a thing where a guy is legit fighting for his life that that I've seen. Um, I mean, I know, like, there's been, like, some gruesome injuries. I mean, obviously, like, Alex Smith. I know Joe Thaisman. obviously, like, college basketball, like, Kevin Ware, Paul George. Like, there have been injuries like that. But, like, nothing has been like this where they've had to fully stop the game, like, suspend it. And I don't even know if they're going to play this game. But I mean, at that point, I think, yeah, I think you couldn't play this game when a guy goes down and you gotta do CPR on him. And it's not even definite that he's gonna he's gonna be alive like the next day or the next coming days. Like he's fighting for his life. He's in critical condition, I think. You gotta show like out of respect and just like hit, like just cause these guys are I mean, obviously they're football players, but at that moment, like you're more of just a human being at that point. Like, He's fighting for his life. I think that's what you have to realize. Like, these guys go out there every day, put their life at risk. Obviously, it's a really physical sport. It seemed like a routine tackle, but, I mean, even then it felt like a routine tackle. Still a lot of, like, hard contact between you know, the offense and defensive player. So, yeah, respect to these guys. Good good thing DeMar Hamlin is doing better. Um, yeah, he said he, he was awake and asked, like, who won the game. That's actually incredible. So uh, good for them to suspend this game. Good. DeMar Hamlin's doing better, but definitely a very, very scary moment.
0: Yeah. I mean, for those 20 to 30 minutes, basically, where the game was paused, not postponed, like about to be postponed and they were on the field doing CPR, it was definitely, um, definitely just unprecedented, like you said. And thankfully for DeMar Hamlin right now, as they, the most recent update that we have is that he's showing remarkable improvement, as you said, in writing. He asked who was able to win the game. Um, yeah, but you're right. It just, again, situations like these just remind you, like, how much bigger it is than just a sport. Like, these guys are, again, Demar Hamlin's been in that locker room. Now this is his second year for both only 24 years old. And it's just so much more than football when, I, I mean, the guy's life was in jeopardy. So, Kudos to the NFL for doing the right thing and suspending the game. There's no way that some of those guys could have been able to play after that, especially not knowing his situation. Um, I mean, yeah, his charity, it, it's been great with the NFL community. He's been able to get around and support DeMar Hamlin throughout this process. I mean, if you look at his charity, they've raised, I think last time I checked, it was like over $6 million, which is awesome to see that people, again, just something like this, again, it's such a horrible situation, but – to bring some light to it, just, like, well, that's it, what's able to come out of it. Uh, obviously, you had even a couple years ago, these two fan bases were a little interactive with Andy Dalton, and they, the Buffalo Bills fans were, like, donating to Andy Dalton's charity when Dalton beat, like, the Ravens on, like, the last play of the game to get – or, like, 50 seconds after the game to get Buffalo into the playoffs. So it's almost now like Cincinnati and the rest of the NFL community paying back Buffalo for um for this and supporting one of their own – yeah. Uh, as it stands right now, Cincinnati is going to play Baltimore this week. I believe that's a 425 game and Buffalo is scheduled to play New England. I believe at one o'clock this Sunday. I think that game's going to go. I'm not hundred percent sure. Like I said, it's, it's almost selfish to start talking about football with the situation that's being handed to us now. But I think, at this point, like I said, the prog- the remarkable progress that he's been able to make, I think he's staying at the University of Cincinnati in their medical facility. So kudos to all the doctors who've been with him. And, uh, yeah, we pray for you, DeMar Hamlin, that you're able to continue to get better and it's going to be a long road. But, yeah, I mean, just like – just an un- unbelievable situation. And I'm very happy that he's made remarkable progress to this point.
1: Mm-hmm. I think – I mean – yeah, I, I think when at this moment, I don't know like if he'll ever play football again. I still like the best case scenario is he's gonna play football again. But I mean, if I'm like his family, even his teammates, if I'm like even Coach McDermott, I mean, I'm not sure if if I would let him ever play again. Uh I know he's like he's probably not gonna be like paralyzed or anything, obviously. But I mean when you have that scary of an injury. I mean, I don't even – I mean, I know he's probably played football his whole life. I think people – like, obviously, people were saying, like, this is a moment, like, DeMar Hamlin has been dreaming about probably since he was, like, a kid, since he was at Pittsburgh, a six-round pick, to go out there on Monday Night Football and make a tackle. And, unfortunately, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, what happened. He was in cardiac arrest. But I don't know, like, his demeanor. I mean, obviously, at the moment, it's not – like, he's not going to go out there anytime soon but i mean i don't know about your opinion i mean if i'm him like i got to be like completely 100 percent confident like how i was before this even stronger and better in my opinion to like Mm -hmm. ever have a chance to like play again like if i'm his family i'm probably saying to be really careful and probably not play again maybe he can just like i don't know be a permanent member. It probably can't do that of the Bills and not play, but I don't know. I, I don't think. Like if I was family and teammates, I'd probably say like take it easy and probably not play ever again. Yeah. He's gonna consult, I'm sure, a ton of that like I said, it's still so early in his recovery and he's still
0: recovering in that sense. He's I'm sure he's gonna have to go through a lot of screening process and then once all like the physical stuff is cleared through like the mental hurdles that he has. He's going to have to overcome to get back on the field, but I'm sure he's going to be in really good spirits with his friends and family. So for DeMar Hamlin right now, all we can wish and all you can hope is that you're just able to keep fighting and continue to get better. And we can't wait to hear more positive updates about the situation, bring it back onto more of a football sense score with this game currently being postponed. This game does have, did have pretty big ramifications with the playoffs and it still does, especially if Kansas city were to win this week, it could set up a really weird situation with who potentially gets a bye in the first round of the playoffs with it being Buffalo, maybe, or Kansas city. Even if I think if the Ravens too beat the Bengals, then like if the Bengals were to lose to the bills, then technically the Ravens would be the AFC North champion. So I'm curious, like, what do you think is the best course of action for the NFL to do on this? Obviously, just logically speaking, the Super Bowl, no matter what, cannot get moved. So you just can't move everything back a week. However, mm-hmm. I, I even think this one would be, I think this is absolute last case scenario that they would get rid of the bye week, like where the Pro Bowl is. And you know what I mean? And then just play Cincinnati and Buffalo next weekend, be a standalone game. Like I really can't see that happening either. I think the most logical thing is they're just going to go to winning percentages and those two teams are only going to have 16 games, which is a shame and especially how good of a game, um, buff- how good of a matchup that would be, Buffalo and Cincinnati. But at the end of the day, it's an unprecedented situation. They did say they had some protocols in place similar to what they had to use in like the COVID year. So maybe they were kind of preparing for something like this in the COVID year. So maybe that might help. But yeah, I, I don't see a way really, that this game honestly gets made up. I think they're going to end up going with winning percentages, but I'm curious to see what you think.
1: See, I mean, obviously it's tough. I think, like, let's say Kansas City wins this game. I wins this wins this week, Um, Buffalo wins, and, like, let's say they all win. I think – I mean, I don't know. I think what – what What are you, like, debating? Would, would, would Cincinnati be stuck with – the three seed since they have a worse record. um, It would just be tough. I Like, you can't move the Super Bowl back, so... And, like, how unfair
0: would that be, too, to not have the bye week then in the Super Bowl? Like,
1: yeah, you know, know what I mean? Like, to not have yeah. that week.
0: Yeah. Like, I think that just... I think, like, a lot of other scenarios just impact too many other things. And, like, no. you can't even have it, like, oh, they could have made this game up on Thursday... And then they could have just played their Week 18 game on, like, Tuesday. But no. So then you're asking the team – like, because these are playoff teams, Cincinnati and Buffalo. One of them is not going to get the five. So you're asking them to play a Thursday game, a Tuesday game, and then, oh, wait, their playoff game that following Sunday. No, that's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. That was never going to happen. So yeah, like, yeah. Once, the game, once the game wasn't able, like made up, like, the day after, which given the circumstances, it really couldn't be if you ask me, especially with the condition of DeMar Hamlin at that time. I think you had to push it off. You had to postpone it. The NFL did the right call there, but they're definitely, listen, we don't get paid to make these decisions. Um, It's going to be tough. I think they're going to be scrutinized almost any way that they go. But I think some people just have to understand that again, it's just, it was a big, it's a bigger than football incident. And um, at the end of the day, like while winning percentage isn't perfect, and while it might be unfair that Buffalo at 13 and three gets the buy, over Kansas City at fourteen and three, like, but the, the the even that like you know what I mean like Buffalo at thirteen and three or Kansas City at fourteen and three like Buffalo beat them though you know what I mean. So yeah. how unfair would that be for Buffalo not to get the buy there?
1: See, like it's just all like so confused. Honestly, I would just have to say if. I mean, I think, like, if they all win this week, I think, like, unfortunately for Cincinnati's case, like – Well, Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati's not going to have a chance to
0: the one seed at all. Like, I, mean, I think, think the game good. getting – which, honestly, you could say is unfair for them. But, yeah, they would have had to, like, win against – like, I think, unfortunately, yeah, they're just not going to be able to get the one
1: seed because I don't think this game's getting played. I don't think it's going to be played. Like, you can't put this game either in, like – maybe like you just like football is not a game where you could just like play it. Like obviously these guys need rest and you can't push back the Super Bowl. I mean, honestly, here's what I think. I think Cincinnati, I mean, like if they win this week, I like if they all win this week, I think it's going to be Cincinnati gets the three. And I think Buffalo and Kansas city. I mean, obviously like one team's 14 and three, one team's 13 and three. I mean, they have a slight better win percentage, Kansas city. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I think maybe you could – it's just, like, annoying. Like, you can't, like, flip a coin or something. Like, the it's just – I would probably say since Buffalo did beat them and this game got postponed, I would probably – I think they have to give, like, the benefit of the doubt to – To Buffalo? Buffalo. Yeah. So, Hmm. I'll probably say Buffalo one seed, Kansas City two, Cincinnati three. But it's just such a big – difference because I mean like that's the difference between like I think Jacksonville is a good team but I mean like the difference between Buffalo Kansas City and Cincinnati and then Jacksonville like Jacksonville still a team Mm -hmm. like on the way up it's just like such a big difference you would have to like play the two would have to play the three one would get Mm -hmm. Jacksonville and then AFC chip you get home field so it's a really big it's really big but I mean like I think at this point like obviously DeMar Hamlin's Health and safety was more important, like, the in the Bills players because, like, they they witnessed that live. So I'd probably have to give the Bills the one seed, unfortunately. I mean, you're telling me, like, a guy who can go into any place anyway, it is probably Patrick Mahomes. But I think it's, like, unfair to, like, all. But, I I mean, like, this is just a situation, like, one in a million, hopefully. Like, hopefully this never happens again. So I'd probably give Buffalo – I think Buffalo has to get the one seed just because they did beat them. Head to head and had a game postponed. So that's probably what I would do. Yeah, that and don't get me wrong, I think that's
0: a justifiable reason. I like Buffalo at 13 and 3, I think should get the seed, like I would say should get the one seed over Kansas City if those are the two who you're deciding with Buffalo one heads up. But then Kansas City's argument would be well, we were 14 and 3 and we lost to Cincinnati. So like if we if that game against Cincinnati got postponed, then we'd be 14 and 2. So you're not gonna make everybody happy. It's just unfortunately what's gonna happen. You make a great point though. Not only is this about the buy. It's so clearly how it's structured, like, how the makeup is in the AFC, that there are three top teams. And I know, like, whoever the two and the three would still have to win their first-round matchup. But you're right. Whoever's the one seed would avoid the other two into the AFC Championship, which is huge. That's just as big as the buy, if you ask me. So. We'll have to wait and see with the NFL. I think they're I think they'll probably wait till week 18 play. I think the right move definitely is to wait till week 18 plays out and maybe it'll almost like fix itself. Like if Kansas City were to lose this week, right, Buffalo wins. Kansas City's 13 and four, Buffalo's 13 and three. Then Buffalo is obviously the one compared to the two. The only problem there then would be that Cincinnati is 12 and 4. And if Cincinnati were to be Buffalo in the neutral side, like in that game, then Cincinnati would have been the one seed. So there you could even say since that is getting a little screwed, but maybe at that point, if, if Kansas City loses, I think you go to winning percentages and that takes care of that. But let's let's get off enough with the speculating. We'll finish off with this. DeMar Hamlin, our thoughts and prayers are with you. Keep fighting and we can't wait to hopefully see you uh, j- just on the sideline, hopefully during a Buffalo Bills playoff games, just in good spirits. If that's even a pot, you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. even a possibility. That would be awesome to see. And I'm sure that, uh, it would just be an awesome image after like seeing how, how strong he's able to come back from this. But I, I got full confidence that he's able to come back strong and uh be in good spirits and hopefully maybe even be around the team at some point during the Bills playoff run. Let's bring it back, Core, to the rest of the week 18 games. We will start with the playoff clinchers this past week, core. It's been a rough few years, Corey, to be a New York Giants fan, but this past Sunday was not one of those days. It was a celebration. In MetLife, a 38-10 victory over the Indianapolis Colts. Daniel Jones, I thought, played his best game of his career against Minnesota two weeks ago. Last week was his most dominant game. Four total touchdowns, 177 passing yards, 91 yards on the ground, solidifying himself as the Giants franchise quarterback for I'd say the next couple years. I mean, the growth that he has made this year is really catapulting him into an upper-tier of quarterbacks not saying that he's like tier two even tier three but now when you start to discuss quarterbacks that you think can will their teams to victory daniel jones's name is coming into that conversation where before the season people were like daniel jones is just turnover prone and um all the other negative noise that you want to say he'll be out of the league in a couple years and stuff like that but brian dable potential coach of the year candidate Gets the Giants back on track. They have a chance to win 10 games. I know they would have to beat Philadelphia and they're locked into the sixth seed no matter what. So this week's game really doesn't matter. There's going to be a lot of debates on who should play and if they should rest some of their starters. Uh, I'm torn. I don't think it makes any sense to have, like, to play your guys and then your guys get hurt, you know, what I mean? like for playing for no seeding. But at the same time, I yeah. do agree with the argument that. Look, if you beat the Eagles with your team right now, the amount of momentum that that would give the Giants rolling into the playoffs, and especially the comparison that they make is to 2007 when the Giants played the Patriots in Week 17. They lost the close game and then beat them again in the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that that has to be the same thing. I definitely don't think the Giants should rest everybody, but I do think that certain people's workload should be scaled back. I do think that certain guys working their way back from injury, like a Dory Jackson, Xavier McKinney just played his first game last week, should maybe be um, monitored a lot more, especially Saquon Barkley as well. But enough with speculating how Dable's going to handle that. Let's just celebrate the New York Giants core being a six seed, and they will go on the road to the playoffs. Right now, as it looks, it would be Minnesota, which would be awesome. But yeah, I mean, I... I can't say that I predicted the Giants to be a playoff team. I th- I said that they would be a lot better than people gave them credit for. I thought that this team could easily, the way their schedule was, win seven, eight, nine games. And, yeah, I mean, never in my wildest dreams. I think going into week 18, though, that they could rest their starters because they were clinched. I mean, it's just – it's been an awesome season. It just goes to show you how when you get the right management and the right coaching, it's one of the most important things in the NFL. Just, may- I mean, maybe even more important than who's at the quarterback position.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Brian Dables definitely helped turn, change the culture. I mean, Daniel Jones, like, even though, like, his stats don't look like the prettiest, I mean, he's obviously had a great season as the Giants quarterback. And, I mean, yeah, they've won games, and he really hasn't had a lot of, like, good skill position players. I mean, on Sunday, four total touchdowns. Obviously, I mean, like, a really good running quarterback, I think, This team on paper still is not a pretty looking team, but I mean, I don't think teams want to play the Giants. I mean, like, I think right now you look at the other, maybe the Packers, I think the team, like they, you look at Seattle, Detroit, Green Bay. I mean, I know the Lions are like decent, but I mean, any team, I think. Like, at home with versus the Lions, I think they'll take in a first-round matchup. Maybe they don't want to see, like, Aaron Rodgers, despite his, like, struggles in mm-hmm. the playoffs. But, I mean, the Giants are also a team you don't want to see a very gritty-type team who's well-coached and not really going to go away. But I think, like, you're in the sixth spot right now. Um, I don't know. I think if, you, if you're the Giants, like, you're locked into that spot. I don't think you rest necessarily, but I don't play – Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, like, oh, my guys, for the whole game. Maybe half a game, a quarter or so. Just, like, give them a little bit just to stay in rhythm. I mean, hopefully, like, you can go out there and compete against the Eagles ones and, like, get a good feeling for, for your team going into the playoffs. But I don't think it's necessary for them to go out there and play four quarters of football. I think hopefully you go out there one, two quarters – and you, you're able to compete with the Eagles. I think that's like a good note to just call it. You don't want anyone mm-hmm. to get hurt going into the playoffs. So that's how I would take it. Just get get your guys a few few reps, few drives, and then, I don't know, hand it off to Tyrod Taylor, Matt Breida, those guys. And then on defense, yeah, the same thing. I, I That's how I would handle it. And obviously, you know the Giants, I think they're really hoping it's Minnesota. Uh, they'd love a rematch and yeah I mean if they get Minnesota round one I think you're looking at a Giants team who could win a playoff game I really don't see them beating any other team though like if they played Philly or San Francisco I would not really feel good about it but if they had to go into Minnesota I would give them decent chances uh, I'm not gonna say like the favorite but yeah I'd like them to potentially win that game but anyone else I'm not really sure so I mean yeah I Guarantee fans, that team's just really hoping to get the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I definitely think that
0: they would match up a lot better against Minnesota than San Francisco. They've given up a ton of yards on the ground this year, so I think that San Francisco could potentially exploit that. Although, I do think that the Giants' front four could be able to maybe get a, like some pressure on Purdy and just make him uncomfortable because Brock Purdy's still a very young quarterback, and yes, he hasn't lost the start yet, but... Even at Iowa State, sometimes just got a little bit overwhelmed. Even this past week, he made just a decision that you just can't do. Like, it was, like he showed why he was a Mr. Irrelevant pick. He threw like a ball, like turning around completely under pressure, just threw it up. And Brandon I IU, IU completely failed him out. But again, you can't you just can't make that throw. But getting back into the Giants swing of things, they got a defensive pass rush, like I said, with Kayvon Thibodeau, Leonard Williams, and Dexter Lawrence on the inside of Azizo Jolari as well. That give any team fits so hopefully that they're able to however they approach it this week against philadelphia hopefully that their starters and their whole team really they're not even able to lose any key contributors for the playoffs and like i said i mean for me hopefully as a giants fan we draw minnesota round one i think the spread on that game would be two two and a half in minnesota's favor i think a lot of people would really think those those two teams match up well we saw that craig joseph hit a 61 yarder two weeks ago to beat them to beat the Giants on the last play of the game. So I think the Giants would be looking for some revenge. And I think those two teams pretty similar in the sense that they played a lot of close games this year. And um, yeah, it would make for a really good and exciting round one matchup. We'll talk about the other team in the NFC that clinched this past week, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win the NFC South, something that we both saw coming eight and eight right now, the potential to go to nine and eight, but also I'm, now the Buccaneers, I don't I don't know. I, I doubt they'll play a bunch of their starters long too because they're locked into the four seed, no matter what happens. Tom Brady, when the season was on the line, played one of, if not his best game of the year, four hundred and thirty-two yards, three TDs. They were down eleven points in the fourth quarter, and Mike Evans kind of took over with two touchdown grabs. Evans on the complete day had ten catches, two hundred seven yards and three touchdowns. And poor CJ Henderson was just chasing him in the highlight film of Mike Evans' touchdowns. I mean, couldn't be stopped in that fourth quarter. Jake kamarta also deserves a huge yeah. shout-out court. I don't know if you saw when he, like that bad snap and the fact he that he was wild. able to get that punt off. Now, the play didn't count, but it was a replay of fourth down, which was absolutely huge, which I believe there was like 30-something seconds left in the game at that point. And the Panthers could have gotten the ball at midfield potentially, but able to punt it away. It would have been an awesome story for the Panthers to be able to win this one with Steve Wilkes as the interim head coach, Sam Darnold coming back from injury and then off the bench to kind of carry them to a playoff spot even after trading Christian McCaffrey. But their time will come. I mean, this was a rebuilding team they didn't expect to be here. And for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they underachieved like crazy during the regular season. But they're still in the playoffs. They're still going to host a playoff game. And they still have Tom Brady and a defense that didn't play great this past week, but they got talent. All over the field, and a team with Super Bowl experience as well. Definitely not your typical four seed, and definitely a team that Dallas or Philadelphia, or probably both of them potentially, with one of them the five seed, and one of them the one seed, would have to play. And they they don't feel great about it. I mean, Tampa Bay, like I said, is a could be a d- very dangerous four seed come the playoffs.
1: The Bucks obviously are a team like you don't really want to see. I mean. I don't think that's a really, like, that good a team, obviously. But, I mean, obviously, it's Tom Brady. And despite the fact he's, like, 40 – yeah, he's 45 and he's had a bad season. I mean, hey, he threw for 432 yards and three touchdowns in this one. So, maybe the guy's starting to click at the right time. I think you look at the Buccaneers. I mean, like, all before this game, Chris – I mean, Mike Evans really hasn't been as involved. And I like Chris Godwin, but I think for this offense to be – a better offense it's got to be like mike evans i think has to be the guy chris godwin is a. I think yeah He chris godwin's more of a like more reception like lower yards less explosive type guy i think mike evans is the big big play dependent guy that tom brady like could get the ball to downfield a lot of times this year they haven't been an explosive team and like you could chris godwin and he's had like nine catches but he's probably not, not over 100 yards. Like, he's not getting that many yards per catch. Mike Evans, I mean, he's, like, the big play threat for, for this team. And I think if he can get more involved, I mean, like, there's been games he gets, like, one, two catches. So I think Mike Evans is kind of an X factor, and I think he is, like, their best receiver. I think Godwin's also really good. I just think, like, Mike Evans, to me, I think this offense wants to excel. He's the guy who Brady's got got to get the ball to. Because I think he is more like an explosive type player, especially coming off an ACL tear. For Godwin, he's more of a like short yardage type guy. But I mean Brady, um, in the playoffs, I mean Dallas round one. I don't know. I mean if it's Dallas, I don't know. I mean Dallas obviously a team who struggled in the playoffs. I don't know how I would feel if I was Dak Prescott going into Tampa. I mean, I mean I think that spreads only like minus three. To be honest, I think the Bucks. I mean this is a good way to clinch the playoffs i mean obviously the panthers aren't a good team but to go for 420 yards and three touchdowns certainly a, a bang kind of my opinion to to roll I- into the playoffs and i mean tom brady's probably not going to play this week i saw the spreads like falcons minus four so yeah i mean good win for the bucks when the thing about them is when they need to get like get it done somehow the switch just flips and when they're trailing against these uh Below average team, somehow they're able to get the job done. So credit to them and credit to Tom Brady. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see exactly who they will match
0: up on come the playoffs because technically Philadelphia or Dallas could win the NFC East still. So that would mean that the other team would be the top wild-card team and would have to travel to Tampa Bay. Real quick, Core, between the Giants and Tampa Bay, who would you rather play in the playoffs? Like, who do you th- Or I should ask that differently. That's, who's, who's the more dangerous team come playoff time?
1: I like your Giants, but I'm gonna to have to say Tampa just because you know Tom Brady is the GOAT. And I don't know, somehow when it gets to January, Tom Brady somehow knows how to play football. I mean, I, I learned my lesson on when they played the Chiefs two years ago in uh in the Super Bowl. I was I was thinking the Chiefs were gonna win. And yeah, you can't really bet against against Tom Brady. So I'd say the Bucs are a team like I wouldn't want to see compared to like I wouldn't want to see them more, like, compared to the Giants, just because of Tom
0: Brady. Yeah, it's completely fair. And, again, they went on playoff runs the past, what, like this is Brady's third year in Tampa Bay, so they have the playoff experience, where the Giants haven't made the playoffs since 2016, haven't won a playoff game since their Super Bowl run back in 2011. We'll switch over to the AFC now. The last spot in the AFC wild card is also up for grabs, as well as the NFC, but the NFC spot we're going to talk about a little later. The AFC spot is still up to grabs thanks to the Dolphins' collapse. They just lost their fifth straight game this past week to the New England Patriots. Teddy Bridgewater's pick six was a key play in this one. Kyler Duggar was the recipient of the interception and then took it back for a touchdown. He got hurt in this one. Skyler Thompson finished it out with this victory for the New England Patriots. If they win this next week against Buffalo, they will be in. If they lose, Miami also has a chance. They would have to also win. Core, we'll start. We'll go with Miami right here. Top straight losses about up out for the year. I mean, who's to blame for Miami's collapse if there's anybody to blame or if it's just like an unfortunate situation coupled with a tougher schedule at the wrong time?
1: I'd have to say to blame. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it is a tough schedule. And, unfortunately, I know coaches put you in – coaches are supposed to put you in the right positions. But I mean, it was working the previous weeks before that, and I mean the schedule got a little harder. And unfortunately, like outside of the Bills game, I to what Tuggle by play really kind of dipped. Even the Bills game, like he had some big plays. I mean, to what I think Tyreek had like a twenty yard touchdown, Waddle sixty seven yards. Like I think he wasn't as he has not definitely hasn't been as efficient uh, in the games against better opponents. So I think if I'm gonna put it on someone. Unfortunately, I think it is Tua. I know he struggled with concussions. Obviously that last game against Green Bay. I mean, he seemed a little bit off, but I have to say Tua, just because uh when he was playing the Texans, the the Browns, the Bears, the Lions, like he was putting up numbers. And then he started playing like the Niners, the Chargers, uh, the Packers. Like even though like that game was concussed, like it just his play dipped and adjustments weren't really made so I guess the and staff like part of it could be on that but I mean Tua Tagovailoa's play certainly was not the same so unfortunately I mean like you had you have two of the fastest most explosive receivers in the NFL probably the two most like obviously Tyreek Hill is number one but I think yeah I think unfortunately a lot of this does lie on Tua despite like this sh- like what's gone on with him this year just because yeah I mean when the the lights got a little bit brighter against, like, better teams, he kind of didn't really rise to the occasion, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you there. I don't think it falls completely on Tua. I think it's just also a case of bad luck that, yeah, of course, like, this is going to sound dumb, like, Tua was playing his best ball against bad teams, like, that just logically makes sense. But still, even when he was rolling and stuff like that, like, if he would to have been able to maybe play, like, if you would have, like, thrown in the Buffalo game – after the Texans Instead of right You know what I mean Instead of right after Back to back weeks In California Playing the 49ers And the Chargers Maybe it's a little different So who knows I think maybe the schedule kind of But again You can't just make excuses For these two teams You can't lose five straight games And expect to be a playoff team I guess a little bit Falls on coaching as well But They still have a shot Do I think that they're going to ultimately get in i don't know i'll save my pick for a little bit but yeah just a shame that especially because they traded their first time pick this year or, well they traded the 49ers first round pick for bradley chubb when they were i think they were like six and three i want to say maybe five and three at some point when they made that deal at the deadline so they seem like they were almost like shoving all in a little bit they don't have their own first time pick this year either that was taken away from the tampering with brady a couple off seasons ago uh, when all that stuff was exposed this past off season with brian flores so skyler thompson looks like he'll be the starting quarterback this week again a seventh round rookie who is thrusted into action which really isn't fair to him because of the teddy bridgewater injury mike mcdaniel in his first year kind of a nightmare finish if they were to lose this week to the jets that's losing your last six games and missing a wild card spot just like that when they were rolling they looked really good core but yeah just a little too inconsistent to be considered a top of the AFC team, just a little upsetting for Miami. Hopefully they could get things right and just get into the playoffs and see what happens with there and lean on those explosive playmakers that they have. And if not, they have a long look in the offseason to decide on what to do with Tua Tagovailoa because it's just what do you do with him at some point? It's very it's very difficult when, yeah, he's, he was playing really good football. He's, at one point he was like top three in MVP odds, but then, again, three concussions this year, uh, the biggest ability is availability sometimes. So, they have to look themselves in the mirror and see. Like, look how badly it went without Tua. And They haven't won a game without him. So, if they yeah. were to lose this week, they definitely have a big decision to make about Tua Tagovailoa's future. And Tua himself already has to make a big decision. But then the Dolphins throw their side into it, too. Uh, it's going to be interesting. For the Patriots, it's winning your end this week against a pretty inspired Bills team. It's going to be a tough task, but Their offense has been pretty ugly this year. Hopefully they can figure it out. They're a very tough team in the trenches and never just count out Bill Belichick. So we'll see how they're able to handle Buffalo in Buffalo. The Jets' core, tough, man. Also officially eliminated from the playoffs in Seattle. Just a really ugly game. Their defense was bad early on in this one. Kenneth Walker had some long runs early in this one. Mike White didn't throw for a touchdown through a couple of interceptions. At the end of the day, their their roster was good. Their quarterback position just hurt them a bit too much. I know it didn't also help that Mike White got hurt down the stretch, missed the game. With that being said, they're probably looking to twenty twenty three. It does not seem that Zach Wilson will be the quarterback there. Core, I mean, if you had to guess right now, what is it, January fifth? Who will be the quarterback for week for the Jets week one come twenty twenty three?
1: Now, I think the Jets are a team looking for an upgrade. I'm not saying this is the answer, but I mean, I think, <laughs> I think, nah, nah, I think next year, 2023, yeah, it's going to be Derek Carr, in my opinion. I think it's either like Derek Carr, or Jimmy G is like a second option. And then I think Lamar Jackson gets franchise tagged. I think you go to a guy like Jimmy G or Derek Carr, I think Carr is going to be the quarterback. I think you get one of those guys for one year rental, make the playoffs. I think you have either one of those quarterbacks in the Jets are a playoff team. Like I, like Jimmy G is a guy who kind of is a game manager. But, I mean, you look at the Jets roster, I mean, you kind of need like a game managing quarterback, a guy who's just going to make simple throws and not try to do too much. And you could rely on a – I mean, Brees Hall getting hurt obviously hurts the You're Jets brutal. as well. I mean, you looked at Zach, no one was even saying anything bad about Zach Wilson when he had Brees Hall, because Brees Hall was just going nuts. Like when he started going like crazy in the middle of the season, like Zach Wilson was throwing for like a hundred, he was not throwing for anywhere over 200 yards. Like it was between like 100, like probably like 170 yards, like around there. Like he was not doing a lot and he had a good run game to lean on and a good defense. So no one was really complaining. I think when Brees Hall got hurt, that's when it was like Zach has to step up. And unfortunately, like, that was not able to be done. They brought in James Robinson. That wasn't able to be done. But, I mean, like, if you're actually going to – like, I think Jimmy G is a better option just because I think he knows his role more than Carr. Like, Carr had, what, 14 picks this year. I think Carr's a guy who could, like, air it out a lot. But I think the Jets are a team who just needs a guy who's not going to turn the ball over make simple throws. And that's what Jimmy G is going to do. But, I mean, if the 49ers – are doing well. I mean, I, it's tough. I think Derek Carr is going to be the quarterback, but I mean, I would take Jimmy G in a heartbeat. I think he would take this team to the playoffs. I think Carr makes them a playoff team also. I think Carr is a guy who maybe like his ceiling is better than a guy like Jimmy G, but like if his floor, like he could have three picks in a game. Like Jimmy G is rarely going to do that. So yeah, I think it's going to be Carr, but honestly, I would rather Jimmy G.
0: Yeah, really well put by you. We'll talk about. Car situation in Vegas and his potential heir apparent Jared Stidham looked really good this week. We'll get into that, but I'm in agreement with you. I think Derek Carr, if you look at the rest of the league too, makes way too much sense to the Jets. Outside of Washington, I can't really see a spot where they like a veteran quarterback can come in potentially and compete to be a playoff team on a roster like he could if he goes to the Jets. Jimmy G's another really good one. That's a logical fit. I think that those two guys will definitely be in play. I think one of the two will be the quarterback if they don't take a big swing at a guy, which I think they should. They have a lot of talent yeah. at skilled position players. They have a lot of talent up front on both sides of the ball. They should go knocking on Green Bay's door and maybe see, right? Like, I know Green Bay just went on a nice little run right now, but maybe if they lose this week, you know, Aaron Rodgers, like, I think he makes yeah. all too much sense in New York as well. Kind of like a little Brett Farbish finishing his career with the Jets. Well, obviously, Brett Farbish doesn't play with the Vikings, but still, you know what I mean? The Lamar Jackson, too. I just don't think that's going to happen, but who knows especially with the Lamar Jackson injury situation now and this is going to be like the fifth week that Lamar is not going to potentially play so yeah they're definitely going to have to make a change at quarterback it's clear that Mike White isn't the answer it looks like for the future I don't think they should go with somebody young I think their roster is too ready to win like right now like especially compete in the playoffs that they should risk it with a rookie quarterback especially because they're also not going to have a high pick in the draft so yeah Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, one of the two I would expect to be a quarterback. I'm sure, like, Jacoby Brissett would even be, like, a lesser of the option, too. Maybe you can get pretty good football out if you played real Baker. well for the Browns. Baker Mayfield, too. I think Baker's just a little too, like – I don't – like, if you're going to get Baker, why not just get Garoppolo? You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Baker's ceiling is better than Garoppolo, But I think Baker's floor is 10 times worse. Yeah. So, that's kind of why I would stay off Baker. That's why I didn't even mention Baker. But, yeah, Baker is technically – an option as well, and if the Jets like feel really confident that what McVeigh has been able to do with Baker in the last couple of weeks, maybe maybe they at least bring Baker in to compete for the job. And if they see something they really like in him in training camp, uh, they could go for that. For Zach Wilson too, I think Zach Wilson could potentially. I don't even think he should be at the backup next year. I think they should try to trade him. I know it sucks to like eat a no- former number two overall pick for like a second or a third, but I think if you send Zach Wilson to a team with a veteran head coach like I don't know, maybe like a Seattle, like I don't like maybe um a Tampa Bay. Like maybe yeah. that would be a place where Zach Wilson could sit for a little bit and then potentially in his fourth year, which would be his contract year, be the starter and get one more chance at it. So I think either of those two spots could make a lot of sense for him, but I definitely don't think it makes sense for the Jets to keep him at this point. I think his time there is kind of done. We will talk about a young quarterback core though, who looks like he really is solidifying himself as a franchise quarterback. Kenny Pickett has had a very interesting season, but the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing themselves into a potential playoff spot. They need a couple things to go their way this week. Thanks, though, large in part to Kenny Pickett's game-winning drive on Sunday Night Football. I mean, let me tell you something, Corey He made some really big throws on that last drive. He had a big throw to fryer move. Steve Sims and then the Najee Harris 10-yard touchdown after he's rolling out to his left, able to find him. He's able to make some plays with his legs and improvise in the pocket, showing he's a playmaker in a 16-13 win. He was obviously the better quarterback on the field between him and Tyler Huntley. And yeah, he proved to be able to keep the Steelers' season alive. I think this is the Steelers' what? Third straight victory? Like I said, they need a couple things to go their way, but yeah, it's crazy. This team is never bad. They're always competing, even when it looked like it was going to be a really bad year. But large in part, to Kenny Pickett, I know the numbers aren't really popping out at you, but, I mean, he's led he's led them on some back-to-back weeks, game-winning drives, and, yeah, let, let's see what he could do. It's actually four, of last, not three straight, it's four of their last five that he's won there. So,
1: he's giving them a shot. Mm-hmm. I think the Steelers, I think, yeah, I mean, you look at the Steelers, like, Kenny Pickett's pay. I mean, I'm not gonna say he's like Daniel Jones, but I mean, like, you look just in the way like their stats. I mean, Daniel Jones has obviously been better, but no,
0: it's a it's a good it's actually a pretty good comparison to like a, I'd say a young like I don't I don't think he's Jones like as good as Jones is this year, but I think like yeah, I, I I like the comparison a lot, especially because I think that they can both like they're not this elite quarterback crew, but they can make things happen like especially with their legs. And they're able to get sometimes out of the pockets. So that's that's a good one. That's a good comparison. I can get I can get behind that.
1: <laughs> Kenny Pickett is a guy, I mean, you've watched play. Like, from the eye test, I think he's been good. I mean, even, like, the first game he came in against the Jets, I think he had three interceptions. But he kind of elevated the offense in that game, despite them losing that game. And obviously, like, when they played Buffalo, I mean, obviously they got smoked. But, yeah, I mean, Mike Tomlin, the guy just, I don't know. I mean, somehow – He's got, I mean, he's got to be a Hall of Fame coach, despite what he only have like one, I think he has one Super Bowl maybe, but two, two, two. He's got two. two. Yeah, my fault. But yeah, he's definitely a Hall of Fame coach. He just like, yeah, they never have a losing record. I mean, this week they have a chance to get to nine and eight when a team who, yeah, we a lot of games under 500. I think earlier in the year, I don't know if we talked about it on the show. I think I texted you about it. I was like, if the Steelers have like a top five pick, are they definitely going mm-hmm. QB? I was kind of sold on it. Just because, like, they were losing games. But, I mean, hey, Kenny Pickett, I think, certainly has earned another year. If not, like, if he can keep More. showing consistency in the next year, like, plays well. I mean, yeah, I think mm-hmm. he can prove to be the franchise quarterback for the Steelers. And even this game, I think, like, you look at his stats, are not, like, that pretty. But when he, to, when he needed to make completions, he was able to get it done. And then he led them on that game-winning drive, that rollout to the left finding Najee Harris, I mean, yeah. I think, like, Chris Collinsworth is like if Patrick Mahomes did that, we'd be talking more about it. I don't think it was that spectacular, but it was definitely an impressive play. And when you have as good of a defense with – as the Steelers do, I mean, obviously, T.J. Watt, it's crazy how one guy makes such a big difference for that defense. But, I mean, with T.J. Watt, I think the Steelers are a good team. I got some friends who are Steelers fans, and they were chirping me about the Jets – getting eliminated and I was like it's not like the Steelers are going to make it either and of course you know I mean you look at the Steelers path to the playoffs all they got to do is win and then I mean obviously the Jets have to beat Miami but it is Skyler Thompson a third string quarterback and then the, the Patriots have to go into Buffalo where Buffalo like kind of needs to win the game so I think it's kind of a very realistic possibility for them to get in To the playoffs, I don't know if I have confidence in the Jets. I think that'll be a low-scoring game. But, yeah, I mean, the Steelers have, like, it's just remarkable. Them and the Packers are just teams who, like, it kind of just seems they're always in the hunt to make the playoffs. If not, like, their floor is always, like, playoffs, it seems like. Or just, like, in the conversation for playoffs. And their ceiling is a Super Bowl contender, kind of. But, both those teams, both those franchises, I mean, those fans have been kind of lucky. They haven't gone – like, obviously the Giants have two Super Bowls. They haven't really – but the Giants have had bad seasons. Like, the Jets and Giants, you know, we have bad seasons. Like, Steelers fans, Packers fans, like, they're just, like, blessed with competitive seasons year in, year out. So – but, yeah, Kenny Pickett, I think, is proving to be definitely the 2023 starter. And if he can keep it up, the franchise quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, and the draft class, that he was the only quarterback in the top
0: two rounds. I mean, we've seen some of these other rookie quarterbacks play, and they've looked bad. Like Malik Willis is getting benched for Josh Dobbs in a must-win game this that's week. So close, you yeah. have a, uh, Desmond Ritter, who hasn't looked great with the Falcons. I know he just got his first career win this past week. Um, I mean, Brock Purdy's looked good as the seventh rounder, but you know what I
1: mean? Like, can Sam he pick Howell, it? chance, yeah. Can, yeah, can um, – oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. What did you, you say? I'm sorry. I said too. Sam Howell. Hasn't really
0: gotten a yeah. chance, but no, mean, no, but but he's getting a chance this week. Sam Howell was, is actually oh, starting really? this week. Yeah, they announced. Yeah, they were going to go with Heineke, but apparently, even Heineke was like, "Yeah, give Howell a shot." Which I don't blame Heineke for. Heineke's after he got the ultimate Mike teammate bench for, yes, he is. That's that's one hundred percent. That's why they like him there. Um, Corral got hurt too, so you haven't gotten to see Corral. But for a weak quarterback class so far, Kenny Pickett has definitely done his fair share to try to uh try to make it respectable. So, with that being said, Corey, you kind of alluded to the fact that. The three teams really in play for this spot are the Patriots, the Dolphins, and the Steelers. Who's your pick to end up getting in? You know the situation. The Patriots win, they're in. But if the Patriots lose, it opens the door to the Dolphins. And if the Dolphins lose, it opens a door to the Steelers
1: With the Steelers win. Who do you got between the three of them taking the seventh seed in the AFC? I think the Steelers are going to win. I think the Patriots, I mean, I don't think the Patriots are going to get a win this week. So I think they get eliminated. And I mean, like, It's just so brutal. I mean, Skylar Thompson, I really, like, have confidence in him. But, like, the Jets are kind of a really poor offense right now. I mean, the Jets are a team who I don't know if you watch Like, with Mike White, since the Bears game, this team hates touchdowns. Like, it's just – they actually move the ball pretty well. And then, like, they just stall all the time. I think – I think the Dolphins will somehow win this game. So, I think the Dolphins are going to get in. But, I mean – I'm not really confident in Skylar Thompson, so I think I think the Pats lose. I'll take the Dolphins to get in, but I mean I think it's either the Dolphins or the Steelers because I don't think the Patriots are winning in Buffalo. Maybe they play for Demar Hamlin in a game where like they really could use first seeding. So I mean, yeah, I'll take I'll take I'll take the Dolphins, but I'm not really sold on it. But yeah, that's my pick. The Dolphins are going to get in.
0: Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I, I, especially because the Jets are playing for nothing too. Like their their bad offense and their defense is now playing for nothing. So I don't really like them in the spot this week. I like the Dolphins there, and I don't think the Patriots go into Buffalo and beat them. And unfortunately for the Steelers, I do think they will beat the Browns in Pittsburgh, but I think it's just not going to be enough, and I think the Dolphins ultimately will be able to sneak into the playoffs as the seventh seed, although I kind of would like to see Pittsburgh in that spot. All right, let's pivot over to the NFC core, and then before we get into our game picks, got a couple things to talk about this week. The Eagles lose again without Jalen Hurts, this time to the New Orleans Saints, 20-10. to Thanks to Gardner Minshew throwing up, a- pick six to Marshawn Lattimore. I think that was with about six minutes left in the game. They were down three. Looked like it would potentially go on a game winning drive, but nope. To start the drive, if there was a pick six to Lattimore. It goes to show you how much Jalen Hurts really means to that team. I think we were saying that potentially we thought that Minshew could win a playoff game with this Eagles roster. I think maybe um I don't know if I that, that step. Yeah, I think I'm maybe taking that uh, step back now. I think we're seeing that Hurts really did elevate the Eagles a lot more than some people think. They need him back. He might play this week. There's still question marks that he might not go. Philadelphia's big favorites against the Giants because the Giants don't really have anything to play for, and Philadelphia does, but I think it's crazy that with Dallas winning this past week against Tennessee and just a gross game, um, Philadelphia has to play or else they're in danger of not winning the division, which was crazy to say three weeks ago, but it's just how the NFC's unfolded I ultimately think the Eagles will probably end up beating the Giants just because of the Giants not playing their guys and again the Eagles have to play their guys so I don't think ultimately it will hurt them that much in the end I still think they'll get the number one seed but yeah definitely a frustrating thing for the Eagles to kind of run out of some they they had some really good injury luck that they, they weren't really losing anybody and then recently not only does hurts go down but they've lost another key pieces. So they're just trying to get healthy before the playoffs so for their sake, hopefully they could survive and beat the Giants and still get the one seed. But if not, um,
1: just a really bad collapse late in the season. I think I still think the Eagles are going to get number one seed. I think Hurts. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to play this week. I mean, I mean, I was saying last week. I think I think that game against Dallas that they played didn't hurt like and um hurt Hurts MVP odds, but like it didn't really help them because like Minshew did well, like decent. But, I mean, this week I think definitely, like, helps Jalen Hurts MVP odds. I mean, this is a game I think J- – you plug in Jalen Hurts, they win this game also. I mean, Hurt I, I don't like – Hurts is not – like, his ability is unique. Like, he's – like, you put him in many offenses, he's going to be good. I don't think he's, like, a system quarterback like that. He's, like he's, – he's got a unique skill set. So, I think they definitely need him to make a deep playoff run, even win a playoff game, I think, this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's still winning. You're in. I'm winning. your the number one seed. So the Giants do rest Daniel Jones and their starters. I don't know, like if they're going to play it all that spread minus 14 kind of like makes me think it's they're gonna. So, yeah, I think the Eagles, it is a little annoying that Hertz has to go out there and play because I mean, if they won one game, they they would have clinched it. But I think maybe you go out there. Just win this game. you Then you get a bye another week to rest. And, yeah, you can run into Tampa um, or Dallas, who, like, they would get a rematch with Jalen Hurts healthy in Philly. So I don't think it's anything to worry about in Philly. I mean, you go out there, just win this game with probably the number twos out there. So then you clinch the number one seed, get a bye, and I think you're good from there. I think even, with, even if Gardner Minshew plays this game, First, arresting Giants team. I think they could win. So I still think the Eagles mm-hmm. are going to get the one seed. In my opinion, I guess it's a little annoying that they have to sweat this game at all. But, I mean, still control your own destiny just when you get the one seed. So I think they'll get that. Yeah, for sure. And if they don't, potentially they open the door to the San Francisco 49ers who have won
0: nine in a row. They were able to survive. The Jags did them scared. We'll start with him first. I mean, he looked unbelievable. In relief of Derek Carr, 365 yards, three touchdowns. He had been with Josh McDaniels in New England, so maybe he was more familiar with the system. Definitely hurts Derek Carr's value a little bit, just seeing how he struggled the past few weeks. And then again, they go to Stidham, and his arm looked legit. I mean, he was a former fourth-round pick out of Auburn, never really got a chance to showcase himself. Devonte Adams looked insane, too. Two awesome touchdowns. One of his touchdown catches was great, but in the end, Brock Purdy was able to put them into field goal range. I know Brandon Ayuk went over 100 yards. He looked really good stepping into a more featured role, again, with Debo Samuel out. Christian McCaffrey was also awesome, 121 yards and a touchdown on the ground to go along with six catches for 72 yards. I think I can confidently say that the Niners are the best team in the NFC. It's been brewing for quite some time. I'm afraid and of Brock Purdy. I know he, like I said, he made a really bad throw that Ayuk was able to bail him out on, just panicking, and I'm scared that he, like, he's not as battle-tested as like I'd want him to be, and especially just his pedigree, him being a former Mr. Irrelevant pick, and just going back to his college days, too, sometimes the moment being a little too big for him. I, again, I just think of that Big 12 championship game a couple years back against Oklahoma. With that being, said, they have an awesome supporting cast. They event wasn't great this past day, but I'll tr- draw that up to Stidham just being really good. So, yeah, the Niners could potentially play themselves into a one seed. I think they're the best team in the NFC. But with that still being said, I think Jared Stidham potentially got himself a 2023 tryout for a starting job. Because, like I said, he looked really good in that one. And maybe the Raiders regret not going to him a little sooner.
1: I'm not going to sit here and say, like, um, I don't think the Raiders are upset that they went to Stidham, like, later. I mean, like, earlier just because, I mean, Jared Stidham obviously – out of Auburn, um, yeah, I mean, this obviously was never top guy. I mean, even on uh, New England, I think in a like a season where like your your playoff chances, like if you if you told me like who's going to lead the Raiders to the playoffs, I think it is Derek Carr, despite the fact like he was not playing good and your playoff chances were still like slim. I don't know. I mean, obviously Stidham looked really good, but I know at least I did not expect Stidham. To play this way I mean obviously he, he could finish out the season hopefully he plays good for his sake but I'm not going to sit here and like I, even the Raiders front office I don't know if they're going to be like regretting that they didn't go to Stidham earlier just because I mean Derek Carr has been your guy for the last few years I'm not saying like they've been that good of a team I think what they've made the playoffs last year they lost to Cincinnati but yeah I mean he's been good for the Raiders so I'm like I don't think like they regret that it was just a bad season for, for Carr, I think. They move on from him. I mean, if Stidham even balls out the last game, I still don't see, like, Stidham. There's no way Stidham is the opening day starter mm-hmm. for the Raiders. Like, do you think that's going to happen? No, I don't. I guess they'd have to go. I don't know how their draft – like, do they have first this year, do you know?
0: The Raiders, yeah, but the, you know what the rumors are? The rumors are Viva Los Brady. Is what they're saying in a reunion with um, Josh McDaniels in Vegas with Brady. That would be crazy. Something to consider, Lucky. too. Going to a Warner Place, right. divorced Brady in Vegas. Like, who knows, man? Different animal. <laughs> I mean, yeah. They could, they could give him a lot of money. He's got weapons there. I know that's definitely been a popular, like, popular really? spot. And especially because he's just more comfortable with, like, an old system. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. But that that's a conversation to be had for a different day.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Brady like I don't know if he's at the like any like time in his career where you could put him on a team and they're really like Super Bowl contenders. Like I don't know if Brady's gonna get another, but it definitely would be fun for um Brady to go to Vegas. I mean if not, maybe they gotta drag um draft someone. So yeah, I don't know where they go from here. And that's kind of a interesting QB spot. I don't see them like trading for another veteran-type QB, though, unless it is like Rodgers, which would be actually pretty crazy. I can't see them trading two years in a row with each other, but -hmm. that would be crazy, or in Brady. But that's about it. I don't think anyone else they would trade for. Yeah, that's fair, and like I said, that's a conversation that the Raiders are going to have all offseason, and
0: they'll be able to figure that out because it's inevitable that they will cut Derek Carr, especially after they benched him for the last two weeks of the year. Getting back on track with the NFC playoff picks we will leave off right before we get to our game picks. The Minnesota Vikings were blown out this past weekend by the Green Bay Packers. The Packers took a 41-3 lead in this game. They ended up scoring two touchdowns to the Vikings, that being to make it 41-17. Four straight for the Packers. They can play themselves. They control their own destiny right now, winning their end. It's crazy we were saying that, again, this is just a team that they were really bad all year, not a good football team, and they just come at the right time playing really good football. We won't talk about the Vikings. We've talked about them enough this year. We'll kind of start our game picks getting into this, getting into week 18 here. We'll start with this NFC wildcard game because this is the Sunday night football game, the green Bay Packers. And we'll talk about them while we make the pick play the Detroit Lions. If the Packers win this game there. And if the lions win this game, they could potentially be in, but it's based on the result earlier with Seattle. Now I know it's a little bit confusing, Seattle plays earlier in the day. They play the Rams. If Seattle wins, they now have to wait to Sunday night football to see if the Packers lose. If the Packers lose, Seattle wins. Seattle's in. If Seattle loses, Packers lose. Detroit's in. If the Packers win, they are automatically in. A little hard to follow, but at the end of the day, the Packers control their own destiny. Core, they're four-and-a-half-point favorites, winning four straight games. Do you think they're able to take it one more in Lambeau on Sunday night and beat the Detroit Lions?
1: Yeah, I think I think the Packers get into the playoffs. I think they win this game and beat the Lions especially um on at Lambo. I mean, they lost in Ford Field earlier. I it just like makes so much sense that it kind of concerns me like is there any chance the public is not absolutely hammering the Packers? Like it's annoying that like betting has to come into this, but like I just can't see – the only reason I could see people taking Detroit is because they think the public is all over Green Bay. Like, logically speaking, like, if Vegas – if if I was, like, 10 years old and I didn't even know about betting at that point, I would just, like, think in my – like, I was, like, knowledgeable about sports. I'd be like, oh, the, the Packers already won this game. Like, I just think there's just no way they can lose this game. Like, if I didn't even know about Vegas and all that stuff where, like, oh, if the public takes one team – and usually, like, the public loses. Like, I would just think the Packers are going to win this game. But, honestly, like, you just can't go against the Packers in this situation. It's just, like, impossible. I mean, if if football is not rigged, I think the Packers win this game and cover minus four and a half, honestly. I mean, they'll probably yeah, I not mean, covering and win just to screw up a lot of people. But I think they definitely win this game. Yeah, I mean, goth, too. Like, playing in Lambeau in week 18,
0: that's a really tough spot for him. He struggled notoriously in later months outdoors, especially when he was with the Rams. and This is a huge game for him. The Packers defense has been playing a lot better as of recent weeks. I still don't think that they're a great football team that they can go on the road and win a playoff game, but at home against the Lions, a team that, yeah, they've been good, but again, they've still been susceptible. I mean, a couple weeks ago they got blown out by the Panthers. and Yeah, they had a nice win this past week against the Bears, but against the Chicago Bears, they're playing for the one seed. I'm going to go with the Packers here at four and a half. I think they're able to win this one pretty comfortably. I think that they're able to. They're they've been clicking enough on offense that it's going to be okay. And yeah, do I think that the Lions' offense is really good? And can they run the football well? And can they protect Jared Goff? Yeah, they can do all of that. But I don't think it's going to be enough to beat the Green Bay Packers and hang with them. I think the Packers' defense is going to be able to do enough of a job limiting Detroit's ground game and being physical enough with that really good offensive line that they're able to win and take the NFC wildcard spot. It's unfortunate for Seattle, though. A lot of people are complaining that. If you think about it, Seattle, right? They have to, like, if Seattle wins early in the day, the game means nothing to Detroit. And then, but Seattle would need Detroit to lose. So people were kind of upset that this was the Sunday night football game, which honestly, I completely hear them. Like, that is kind of like bogus. If you, hear, like, you know what I mean? That puts Seattle kind of in a tough spot and an annoying spot that, like, yeah, if they win, of course, they have to win to help themselves. But if they win, they also, like, hurt Detroit to the point where, yeah, Detroit still wants to win the game, of course, because it's like, to screw over the Packers, but it's not the same when you're playing for uh, a potential playoff spot. Whereas if this game was earlier in the day and then Seattle was later, um, the Lions would have to would be in a must win spot no matter what. Where whereas if it's since it's a night game, the Lions potentially go into this game without a chance to make the playoffs. With that still being said, I still think the Packers will ultimately win this game and they will be victorious and take the NFC spot. But interesting to think about how the NFL kind of messed with the schedule this week. A lot of people are not happy about that. and Justifiably so. I would not be happy if I was a Seattle fan with this. We'll move on to the AFC and the AFC South. The Jaguars are six-point favorites against the Titans. I don't think this one is – I think we're going to be in a consensus here. The Jacksonville Jaguars have to be the play here. The Titans are just not a good football team, one, to begin with, and two, they're a mess right now. Yes, they just rested a bunch of their guys. And Derek Henry will be coming back this week, but – They've lost six straight games. Do I think that that's going to change this week? No, I do not, especially with Josh Dobbs at the quarterback position. And then a couple weeks back, Trevor Lawrence was able to do whatever he wanted against the Titans secondary. I think he's going to be able to do that again on Saturday night. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars will improve to 9-8 and eight and make the playoffs in year one under Doug Peterson, and which will be a really awesome story for Trevor Lawrence and company. See, so yeah, I'm going to take the Jags here to win this one pretty comfortably.
1: It's like a similar situation to the – I mean, the Packers obviously have – like, just both similar situations. Like, what is stopping me from throwing 100 units on a Jags-Packers money line parlay? Like – Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. Like, that's the only thing. Like, if I was 10 again and, and I'm looking at this and I filed NFL all season, the Jaguars just seem like such an easy pick. But, you know, Vegas has – to come in has to come into play here, but you know, I mean like I'm just not gonna like I'm gonna I'm gonna hope it's not rigged and I'm gonna take Jag's minus six and a half. I mean like the Titans literally are on Josh Dobbs. No offense to Josh Dobbs but Hey he look he looked better than
0: Malik Willis I'll, oh, I'll be fair <laughs> I do think like Josh Dobbs gives him a better chance to win this week than Malik Willis.
1: I agree. I mean Mike Vrabel's obviously a really good coach so I trust him to go with Dobbs over Willis. I mean, Willis obviously has not looked good at all this season. I saw, like, Dobbs, I think, um, before, like, last game, I think he had, like, under 100 career passing yards. It might have been even – I don't even know what it was. It was definitely under 100. But I'm going to take the Jags minus six and a half here. I mean, they're kind of rolling right now. And honestly, I think the Jags are a team who gets in at the four seed and – I don't know. I mean, what is it? It's probably going to be, like, Jags versus – Baltimore. It, 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 no,
0: Baltimore loses – I think it could actually – it's Jags-Chargers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the Jags can beat either one of those teams, honestly. So, yeah, I think Jags, honestly, are hot at the right time. I think they win this game. And, honestly, I think they can definitely win a playoff game, like, no doubt. So, I'll take the Jags minus six and a half here.
0: Yeah, I'm going to – like I said, I'm in agreement there. And I do think that the Jaguars, whoever they play, whether it be Baltimore or – The Chargers, I actually think that they could definitely win that game. They've been really good on the offensive line, too, as well, being physical. So I think that that could help neutralize Tennessee's defensive line. I think that's the only way that Tennessee can potentially win this game. If they really slow this game down, lean on Derrick Henry and their defensive line gets a lot of pressure on Trevor Lawrence. But I just don't anticipate that happening. Our last game pick, core will be in the AFC North where the Ravens will travel to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. The Bengals are seven-point favorites here. Lamar Jackson doesn't look like he's going to play again, which is a shame. Even with that being said, I think the Ravens are able to keep this one close. It being a division game, them still technically playing for the division. We're not one hundred percent sure what they're going to do with that game against Buffalo. But if the Baltimore wins, they would be eleven and six. Cincinnati loses, they would be eleven and five, and Baltimore would have beat Cincinnati twice. So. You would hope they wouldn't go to winning percentage there. You would hope that – you know what I mean? Like that's a that's a place where like how can you go to winning percentage? Like Baltimore beat them twice. Like just let Baltimore um, yeah, win the division. But who knows? that that That's a situation where they would probably have to play the game. That's probably the only situation where they ultimately would have to do it if Baltimore is beat Cincinnati because then you can't do winning percentage just logically. But with that being said, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think Cincinnati ends up winning this one. I do think it's close though. So I'll take Baltimore – plus seven, but I will take Cincinnati to win. I just think that overall they're too much of a better team. I'm not trusting Tyler Huntley. Their offense has looked really, really bad to this point, but their defense played really tough against Burrow and company early on in the year, but that was without, I know T Higgins definitely didn't play in that game, but Chase I still think was healthy. So he was. So hopefully that they're able to neutralize help slow down both of them, but I don't think it's going to be enough. Like I said, I think Baltimore ultimately will come up short and the Bengals will be AFC North champions.
1: I mean, yeah, the, the the Ravens' defense has actually been, like, really good since, I mean, they got, like, Roquan Smith. I'm not saying he – I mean, yeah, I mean – Oh, no, that he's, he's changed kind
0: of their – no, he's 100% changed their defense. He's been awesome. And it they've is. been
1: awesome since they got I him. I was going put that touchdown on him, but obviously, like, it happens. But I would say in this game, like, this line, I think with Huntley, I think – I don't know, I think seven points, it kind of favors me to take – I think – the best bet obviously for Baltimore is you gotta keep this game somewhat low scoring. And I know like Cincinnati's offense has kind of been rolling, but I think I think Baltimore, even like over under, is not high at all. So I think that kind of favors me to take Baltimore in this situation. So Cincinnati's twelve and three against the spread this year, which is obviously really good. But yeah, I think I think Cincinnati wins this game. I don't think Baltimore has the offensive firepower at all with Tyler Hunley, who honestly like last year seemed a lot more like serviceable than this year. I don't know. Maybe he's just taken a step backwards, but I'll I'll take, I'll take Cincinnati to win this game, but not cover. I think it'll be a game somehow like in the teens, maybe like a 1913 type score. I think somehow Baltimore's defense has been able to rise to the occasion. So I think they'll cover, but I think Cincinnati wins this game. All right. So we're in way too much of agreement with our game pick score, which is never a good thing every week. So, what we'll to wait and see how
0: Week 18 plays out. Always awesome to see these games when they have literally winner-go-home implications Boom. there. With that being said, that's going to be it for today's episode. Be sure to check us out on the Instagram at the deep ball underscore. we got games on Saturday. The Saturday night game is for the division in the AFC South, and then all Sunday. And then, like we said, Sunday night could be a Packers no matter what win and you're in. Maybe a both win and you're in. If Seattle loses earlier in the day, Detroit's playoff hopes are still alive. With that being said, take care, everybody. Have a good one.